Hey, welcome to the Press On Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm so glad you are joining us today. Got a special treat for you. Uh, I'm in my car right now. If you're watching on video, you'll see that. Uh, I just got done at the gym, uh, but uh, it's November. We are already in the holiday season. Thanksgiving is fast approaching pretty soon. My favorite time of the year, Christmas time, will be here. Uh, but I actually uh, found access to some of my old sermons. And one of the most, my favorite uh, things I ever preached on was this idea uh, of contentment. Uh, being thankful, uh, being content. And I thought it would be fitting um, to share those messages with you. Uh, so this week I'm going to give you uh, part one. And then next week you'll get part two of a sermon I did back in 2019. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I miss preaching um, and it was a treat to find some of these old sermons and go back and watch them. Uh, and no matter what you think, I hope you'll uh, take the messages, the, the meaning behind these messages and apply them to your life this Thanksgiving season. Enjoy. I just want to do something different. Uh, this week got really crazy um, and I ran out of time. Usually on Fridays I write thank you notes, and I was just wondering if it's okay. All right. It'd be really awkward if you said no, so, um, all right. Thank you, stepladders, for being regular ladders who married my mother. Guys, that's my favorite one, and you didn't even laugh at that one. Come on. It's going to go downhill from here. Thank you, aliens, for always giving my weird cousin something to talk about at Thanksgiving. Thank you, gift bags, for saying, I care enough to put your gift in a slightly fancier bag than the one I bought it in. Thank you, people whose Facebook profile picture is them as a baby, for being completely unhelpful for when you're trying to creep on that girl you met at the party last weekend. It's true. Just kidding, it's not true. Thank you, graduation gowns, for being garbage bags you put over your finest clothes on the most important day of your life. Hmm. Thank you, Uggs, for having one of the most honest product names. <laughs> hmm, one more, let's see. Thank you, hard taco shells for surviving the long journey from factory to supermarket to my plate and then breaking the moment I put something inside of you. All right, that's all thank you notes I have. Thank you, guys. All right. Hey, let's uh, play a game real quick. All you have to do is figure out what these things that I list off have in common. It's really simple. All right, here's the items. Our jobs, our houses, our children, our spouses, no, it didn't mean to rhyme. Um, our cars, our knickknacks, our favorite knickknacks, um, our hobbies, our talent, and, and let's throw in our health. What do all of those things have in common? Things God gives us, yes, there are blessings from God. And when we have something from God, He entrusts us uh, with those things. In fact, I would argue this, the way we treat the blessings God gives us actually portrays what we really think of God. 
the way we treat our blessing portrays what we really think of God. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, part of this new series called The Content Life. And for a couple of weeks, I want to explore what it really means to appreciate God's goodness. And I want to start today by, by looking at a story in the Bible. A lot of you probably have heard, um, but if you're new to Christianity, if you're um, new to reading your Bible, maybe you haven't heard this story. Um, it comes in the Gospel of Luke, and Jesus is telling parables. They're just short stories that convey a deeper meaning. That's how he taught um, people. And, it, and in this series of parables, there's three. He talks about things that get lost, those things that get found, and then there's a party when those lost things get found. And so he, he talks about a sheep, he talks about a coin, and then he talks about a son, and we call it the story of the prodigal son. But in reality, this story is about two sons, not just one son. Um, so if you have your Bibles, open to uh, Luke chapter 15. If not, um, maybe you have the Bible app on your phone. You can use those, or the text will be on the screen. Uh, and I want to take this opportunity to encourage you um, that if you are not in the Word every single day, um, to, to do so. Uh, because the truth is, is you'll never grow just by being spoon-fed things uh, that other people teach you. Sometimes we have to put in the work ourselves to grow spiritually. And then what we do at church is just help enhance what you are learning on your own. And so maybe this week, you take some time and you read all three parables that Jesus tells in Luke uh, 15. Um, and, and dig in for yourself. But today we're going to look at the parable of the lost son. And we're going to start... Um, in verse 11, it says this, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he, the father, divided his property between them. So there's two very important things we have to realize here at first. First of all, we see that the father went ahead and he divided up his possessions between his two sons. Which means not only did the younger son get his inheritance first, the older son gets his as well. And that's going to be very important later on when we look at the older son. But right now, let's look at the younger son. Um, he doesn't like living at home. He feels like for whatever reason, he would be better off on his own. So he asked for his inheritance early. Now, in the day of Jesus, asking for your inheritance before your parents' death would be the equivalent of just telling your parents you wish they would go and die. And so the young man, for whatever reason, he believes that his father is standing in between him and his happiness. And so he takes off with his now newly acquired money. And then we continue the story, verse 13. Not long after that, the younger son got all, together all that he had. He set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went out, and he hired himself out to a citizen of the, that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So his, the son, he takes his money, and he wastes it on what the Bible calls wild living. He wasted it. He went and he partied hard. I always, when I read the story, I always imagine him going to Las Vegas. I don't, probably didn't look like that. Uh, but he, 
as the, the principal's still there. He goes and he, he wastes his money. He did the craziest things uh, he could have done. And in that moment, I bet he thought he was living life to the fullest. I bet he, he thought he was seizing every moment. Carpe diem. He, he's just living while he's young. He's, he's just enjoying life. But soon after that, the money's gone. And he has nothing. Now, even if he went about getting the money in the wrong way, you can't argue that his inheritance it was a blessing from God. But yet he went and he blew it all. And I think our world is full of people who assume the blessings that God gives is theirs for the taking. So they take their talents, they take their resources, and they waste them on the simple pleasures of life. Now, wasting our gifts on our own glory, wasting our gifts on our own pleasure, it just leaves us unfulfilled and miserable. I mean, think about these three people. I don't know if you know who all of these three are. Jimi Hendrix, Lane Stanley, Elvis Presley. These men are just a few talented, successful musicians who, who sought fulfillment in success. Yet they all ended up the same way. Because when success was no longer fulfilling, they sold a little bit more of their talent and their health to drugs and alcohol until their lives were just taken from them. They just pursued the pleasures of this world. Now, I, I know this is an extreme case, right? But the principle remains the same on a smaller scale. Failing to appreciate and properly utilize the gifts that God has blessed us with will leave us empty and chasing empty pursuits one after another. For instance, spouses will leave their families altogether. Students who, who think their college studies are just a burden rather than an investment in their future will spend their time partying and waste their time at school. Misusing our talents does not always result in death, but it does often lead to broken relationships, squandered opportunities, and lost dreams. But the story doesn't end there. We pick up in verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out, and I will go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and I have sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, and he was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So the son returns home. He realizes his mistake, and he asks his father for forgiveness. And here, in this moment, we get this beautiful picture of forgiveness and reconciliation. And this is where we normally end the story. Because we see a father welcome his son back into the family, even though the son doesn't deserve it. Even though he wasted the blessings that he had. But that's not the end of the story here. Because there's another brother, remember? Look what happens after the father forgives his son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. 
Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and now he's found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Now, remember what we talked about earlier. Uh, the older brother already got his inheritance as well. And he has the nerve to say this to his father. The ungratefulness of the older brother is just as offensive as the pursuit of the world pleaser in the younger brother. When you think about it. Like the older brother would have uh, under underestimated this gift from his father. Now, according to Jewish custom, uh, if you're the oldest child, you're going to get twice of as much as the younger siblings. And, and so the older brother had twice as much as what the younger brother was given. But yet he didn't care. He somehow still believed that his father didn't love him and didn't care for him. The older brother just wants more and more and more. And this is the first time we meet the older brother. And here he is whining and complaining that, to his father that his father wouldn't have even given him a goat. But if you think about it, the chances are that this brother probably owned a lot of goats himself. So why would he need another goat? And then we begin to see the depth of his ungratefulness. Now for a second, imagine you have a friend named Bob. And you are generous and you decide to give Bob a fully loaded Corvette. You tell Bob, hey, Bob, this car has a lot to offer. Be sure to check the manual for all the features. This car is yours, no, no loan payment. We'll, we'll take care of the insurance. We'll take care of the maintenance for you. You just get to drive it and enjoy it. Now, imagine Bob going through the car's features and complaining about every single one of them. Power windows. Oh, one more thing to break. Sunroof. Those are notorious for leaking. 755 horsepower engine. They don't really expect me to pay for premium gasoline, do they? And he reads through the manual and he treats every feature like an item on a list of reasons not to drive his car. Now with this type of attitude, Bob is not going to get very far in his car, let alone enjoy the car that we just given him. So can I ask you a question this morning? How do you treat the blessings in your life? Do you truly see them as blessings or just things that you happen to have? Are you always wanting more and more and more like the older brother? Or are you looking at the negatives of every little thing around you? How about this one? Are you comparing your blessing to those of others around you? Here's what I know. Misunderstanding God's goodness keeps us from being thankful. We can often act like the younger brother, and we can get so fixated on the things that God can give us that we get angry when he does not give us anything that we want. 
Or we can act like the older brother and see God's blessings as a burden. But I think what we really need to do is just adjust our perspective a little bit. We need to remind ourselves to be thankful for the blessings that God gives us. Because truth is, is every single person in this room has something in their life to be thankful for. I think we have to remind ourselves that, that beyond every good gift is a loving Father who shows us His love with the good gifts He gives us. Take a look at James 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Guys, when, when we feel ungrateful, we need to take a moment and pause Ask him to show us how his gifts can teach us to love him more and more every single day. So this week, maybe even in this season of Thanksgiving, maybe what we need to do is take some time and make a list of all the blessings you do have. I read yesterday morning about a man who, who wakes up every single morning and he makes a list of 10 things he is thankful for. Sometimes he, he writes, uh, my wife my children. Some things it's, sometimes it's little things like, I'm thankful for this cup of coffee I'm about to have, or my alarm clock. I don't know why he'd be thankful for that, but he is. And maybe, maybe we could do that. Because truth is, is, it doesn't matter what you write on the list. It's not about what you write on the list. It's more about recognizing that God has blessed you, in fact. And, and when you when you start to see that God has blessed you, you start to understand a little bit more about who God is. Can I repeat something I said at the beginning? The way you treat the blessings you've been given portrays what you really think about the God you say you love. So how are you treating the blessings that you've been given? And, and maybe, maybe you don't think about the blessings you think you deserve or the ones you wish you had but you just take a look around you and see how much God has truly already blessed you. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the reminder that there's so many things to be thankful for. Sometimes we, we don't take the moments because we're so fixated on what we want or what we think we need. But God, I pray in this moment we realize that you have a plan your, your will is perfect, and, and every gift from you, there's a reason for it. Lord, I pray that we don't waste those gifts. We don't squander those blessings that you have given us. We don't waste them. Lord, help us learn from these two brothers on how to be more thankful so we can truly live a content life. Lord, we love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At my old church, we used to sing this song almost every week. I got annoyed by it so much. But there is so much truth in a simple line. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. We come to this time every week where we give you a chance to make a decision. And maybe you have a hard time being thankful for the gifts you've been given because you've never really accepted the greatest gift that God's given all of us, and that's His love. And so maybe for you today, uh, your first step is to to decide to follow Jesus with your life. Maybe you're ready to take that next step. The baptism is warm. We're ready if you are ready. 
And so if maybe that's your next decision is to be baptized in the waters of his grace, maybe, maybe you just need prayer. Uh, our elders, our leaders of the church would love to be praying for you as well. Whatever it is, if you have a decision to make, we want to invite you forward as we all stand and sing.